marketing is like putting your profile up on an online dating app or like getting ready for the date, you know? And it's just like, look, I've got, I look like this. I've got my hair done. I have my great outfit. I'm ready to go. And I'm a great conversationalist. And so you're being able to present yourself, but then to really be able to show yourself, say, this is what I'm about. This is what I want to offer. This is what I can give. This is what I am willing to receive. That's vulnerable. And I think that we don't think of it in that way in our business, but that closing the sale is like on a date, being really open and honest about, I'm ready to engage here. I'm Sonia Statman, and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. I'm so excited to continue our journey this season around busting business myths, and it's been an amazing season. So today we thought we would talk about something that is definitely a passion of mine to talk about, and that is the myth that if you just really work hard at marketing, if you put all your attention and energy into marketing, that will produce sales. Now, this myth is something that I think a lot of people believe. And I think also a lot of people don't even recognize that there is a difference between marketing efforts and sales efforts because they are not the same thing. What do you think, Laura? Do you think this is a a myth that a lot of people misunderstand? Yes, I have myself misunderstood the difference between marketing and sales. And I admit that I'm more comfortable with marketing. The idea of marketing something seems a little more creative. You know, I like to get into Canva and play with images and (laughs) have a message, you know, that I feel comfortable with. But then, you know, I don't really like the part that comes next. Like, I just want to throw it out there and then... (laughs) people are going to come to me, right? But I know that you're going to have an answer for us that sells is a whole nother thing. It is another thing. And I love that you brought that up because I think that's so common, right? So often we really think that we can just throw something out there. We can just kind of, it's almost like a hot potato, right? We just kind of put it out there and we're like, this is what I do. And then we're like walking back as fast as we can, afraid to actually work with the sales component of our business. And the sales component is so important. We aren't a business if we aren't creating sales, right? Like sales is 50% of the equation. We give something, that's 50%. We get something in return, that's 50%. So 50% of our business, we're scared to navigate. Now, most people have made marketing 50 or 60 or 70 or 80% of their business, right? But marketing is about lead generation. And marketing is not the most effective way to sell. Unless you're a big business, unless you have small products, unless you have 
small, tiny service things where you're you're really like under $100, then you put a lot of effort in marketing. But if you have a really powerful service, if you have anything above $100, you should be focusing on sales. So I think this is just such a, a real thing that a lot of people have. And that fear of putting themselves out there and that fear of navigating sales, you know, has them focusing a lot more on marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a convenient myth because we can hide behind the marketing. We talk so many times on this podcast about just the challenge of um, sitting in the discomfort of sales because it's vulnerable. It's like, do you really think I am worth this? Is my service enough? Is my product enough? Are you going to put your money behind you know, your desire to have it? And so I think it's much more vulnerable. And marketing is like getting ready. Let me just put it into a relationship context. You know, it's like marketing is like putting your profile up on an online dating app or like getting ready for the date, you know, and it's like, look, I've got, I look like this. I've got my hair done. I have my great outfit. I'm ready to go. And I'm a great conversationalist. And so you're being able to present yourself, but then to really be able to show yourself, say, this is what I'm about. This is what I want to offer. This is what I can give. This is what I am willing to receive. That's like the transaction right there. That's vulnerable. And I think that we don't think of it in that way in our business, but that closing the sale is like on a date, being really open and honest about I'm ready to engage here. And do you like me as much as I like you? And so for me, I, I kind of run it into that parallel for, for understanding. I don't. I love that metaphor. Like, and it is, and and sales is very much about being open and it's very much about being real. Sometimes what we think in terms of sales is like the idea that we have to, you know, dress all up. We have to pretend we're someone else to get someone to like us, right? That often happens in sales. That happens in marketing as well. You know, we want to pretend, hey, this is who we are. We're all bright and shiny. Everything, we're perfect. We got it all together. Instead of really just being real with our values, real with who we are and say, hey, this is who I am. I'm putting it on the table. Is this something you're interested in or not, right? That is really what we're doing with sales. We're saying, hey, here's who I am. And we're getting really interested in the other person to see, is this a good fit for you or not, right? And we're so scared of that process and that vulnerability that many people sabotage their sales success, right? And sabotage their ability to make money in their business because of it. I was thinking that it'd probably be good to start with looking at what is the difference between marketing and sales? Because I think that line over the years, especially with the internet and social media, that line has become very blurred. And most people don't even really have a sales process or understand the sales process. So they just pretty much have this like gap between from marketing to, you know, the end of the sale, right? There's not really a sales process intact. So you know, you and I have talked a lot about this, but I also know like this is completely my realm. So I would love to know what is your perception of the difference between marketing and sales, Laura? I'm glad that we are having this conversation and getting clear on the distinction because I am also um, guilty of putting those together and, and kind of hiding behind the the marketing. That's why I'm having this conversation because I understand it. <laughs> I, I'm one of the, all the listeners that are nodding their heads like I'm right there with you. 
Um, so for me, my understanding, you know, is marketing really is telling the story. It's really putting out there, you know, what is the value? Who am I? What do I offer? And making sure that I'm telling that in compelling ways. Like I, I love relational marketing. So most of my marketing will be, you know, I'm writing about my work in my blogs or I'm doing little micro blogging and my social media feeds or showing content that supports what it is that I'm teaching my clients to kind of give an overall view of, oh, this is what this person is about. This is how she works with clients. So I'm telling that story and I use marketing as a way of, of growing that presence, that brand. And yet that is kind of where I will sometimes stop as far as like I'll market and then I do a link to sales. Like, and so sales would be, you know, the actual transaction being agreed upon. Sales happens, you know, when I have complimentary consultations, my clients will say, Hey, I'm interested in your services. Maybe my marketing worked, or maybe it was a referral. And they say, you seem interesting. So they book a call with me. And that call is really where I name, this is the value. This is what it would look like to work with me. This is how much it would cost. And in that moment, there's like that personal sales transaction where I'm saying, this is what I've got. And they're like, I want it, you know, and then we make the plan. Um, and I think that for me, then when I'm marketing, I sort of like, okay, I'm just sending people to that, that consultation link. That's my sales strategy, you know? It's like, here I am, yeah. and then go to this link and check it out. That's about as comfortable as I get with the sales. <laughs> and then I'm all like, yes, and then when you show up there, like, we'll talk. <laughs> but beyond that, I don't spend a lot of time on a sales strategy. So I would be in that camp of really that myth that if I'm just throwing all that marketing great, you know, energy there, then all I got to do is send them to some sort of link where then... That's it. That's the sell strategy that they're going to sign up to work with me. That's yes. my experience. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's great. I love it. And I think that's a lot of people, right? And I also have been have been guilty of falling into that camp. Even knowing the things that I know, right, I still can sabotage myself, right? I still can get into what everyone else is doing. I still can lose my focus, right? This is a very normal thing. And we're very indoctrinated to focus on marketing. Like that is what everyone tells us to focus on. So part of this is our own kind of internal, you know, resistance to practicing sales, right? And part of it is that we are constantly bombarded with marketing and told to focus on marketing and we watch people focused on marketing. And so there is a lot of illusion about what creates success. And I want to, so I want to talk about the difference between marketing sales, but I also want to point out something that I think is really important that you said. And that is that I would bet that many of the people who book a call with you were referred. Would you agree? Yeah, there's a lot of them that come through a yeah. word of mouth, referral, talk to somebody, and then they're reaching out. Yes. And so referrals are doing the sales process for you, right? And so I think that's a really interesting distinction to make is that it's still a sales process. You're not doing that part. That's the benefit of really focusing on referrals, having a referral program, working in the referral area. Those people are warming everyone up for you so that they're ready just to get on a call and see if you're a good fit. 
Now, what happens in most, you know, people's businesses is that the marketing is really about creating leads. So it's, like you said, it's reaching out and saying, here's who I am, right? And really, honestly, it shouldn't be about us, especially if we're targeting new leads, someone who doesn't know anything about us. It really should be about them, right? They need to know that we get them, that we understand them, that we have what they need, that we see them, that we can solve their problem. Because all they really care about is themselves in that first instance and touch with us, right? And so marketing is really kind of getting interest from people who have no idea who you are, right? But the sales process and the focus on sales is really about taking people who heard about you, taking people who are interested in you, taking people who have an idea that you can help them and actually converting them into clients. So it's the conversion process. Now, that's such an important part of our business, but we're so focused on lots and lots of leads and very little time in the conversion that guess what? We have so many missed opportunities. I wonder how many people came to that page and clicked that link and never booked a call with you because there was no sales conversion process, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, you know, I think this is like that that myth that so many people have is they don't really think about what's the easiest way to convert people? What's the easiest way to bring people into my business? And marketing is not the easiest way. Content, not the easiest way. Social media, not the easiest way, right? Now, referrals, where people are warming people up for you, that is a really great way to get more sales conversion. Direct connection, right? Any way in which you're really warming up leads, where you're really helping people understand who you are. Having a podcast, right? A podcast allows people to get to know you over time so that when they are ready to convert into a client, they know who you are. It's not hard to express or explain what you do because that process has already happened through that podcast or however it is you're connecting with clients. Such a good point. And so with the referrals, would that really already be a sales strategy or would that be a marketing strategy? It's a little bit of both, right? Because the referrals are connecting you to new clients, right? So that is a lead generation process. And they're warming them up for the sales process. So it really, in a way, referrals kind of cross that line between, you know, marketing and lead generation and sales. And that's why they're so good. And we really miss the boat, most of us, on word of mouth and referrals. Like, we don't think about it strategically. We don't make it easy for people to refer us. We don't tell them what to tell people, right? We don't give them incentives to help us. And not in a cheesy, you know, sleazy way of like, oh, I'll pay you all this money or be an affiliate because you can make lots of money, right? That's not what we're talking about. That's not the best word of mouth, right? Word of mouth and referral programs really are for people who would sell us already, right? They would sell us because they love us, but we just make that process easier for them to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I've learned something right there of just realizing that I was kind of not acknowledging that as a sell strategy in and of itself. And I have actually had some of those people that are giving, you know, sending referrals. They've asked me, what's the easiest way for people to get in touch with you? How would you like people to connect with you? And so that right there is important that you let people know, hey, if you are going to send people my way, this is the best way that could happen. 
right? Because then, like you said, they're being sent and warmed <laughs> in the appropriate way. Yeah. And the sales process really is about, you know, how do we take someone who's interested and, and help them connect the dots, right? So that's where we're connecting the dots through the sales conversion process. Now, most people, if you have a high-end service or you have, you know, anything that is above really like $250 to $500 that you're selling, you should be doing sales calls, right? Or clarity calls or discovery calls or however you want to label them. And in that process, the whole point of a sales call is you're connecting the dots between what the person you're talking to needs and wants and what you offer. You're making that bridge so that they see that it's not just some page where you've put a bunch of generic points that really they're like, oh, No, you actually can meet my needs. You actually have what I need for my specific problem. That's what really helps that sales conversion process. And so for most people, it's having sales calls. And that is a process that you can really improve, right? Like I teach a sales and marketing course. The sales process is really lovely and amazing. You know, when I teach it, a lot of people come into my program and they hate sales. And when once they do it, they love it. So there is this really genuine and ethical way to do a sales call that produces a lot more conversion. Not because you're manipulating, not because you're coercing, right? We've talked about that already. But really, it's because you are helping to connect the dots for them. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what it is so much is reframing and understanding what is marketing, what is sales, and getting really clear that those are distinct and you can enjoy doing them. And, you know, like the myth, you know, that we're really busting today is kind of thinking that you can though, just, just like focus on marketing, 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 marketing. And that's going to somehow be a, like a shortcut, like past the discomfort (laughs) of sales and that you can just, just rely on the marketing. But I love what you're talking about is the connection between the two. And I think for, you know, therapist, it's really challenging to think of themselves as selling their therapy service because they are coming from this place. And a lot of service providers can relate to this. You know, it's like, well, I have this way of working. I have this training. I have Mm -hmm. this modality. And if they like it, then great. And if not, then they, you know, oh, well, but the thing is, is what I have found in the majority of clients don't understand how therapy works. So part of what they're doing is they're coming to that call, needing to understand what is this process? What can I expect of you? What can I expect of how you work? What would that mean for us? And that does move into a sales because it's they could go and purchase any service out there, work with any therapist, but you want to show up in a really authentic um, transparent way that it helps them make that decision, you know? And for me, the consultations, I'm showing up in that consultation call, like I would a therapy session. I'm showing up with, with a certain amount of presence, attunement, resonating with that client because it's their opportunity to feel how it is to work with me. What's it like to be on the other side of this camera or to be in the same room with me or whatever that is. It's like, this is the opportunity to feel that experience and with your kind of reframing sales for people, I think it's, it makes it easier to realize like, this is not manipulative. This is clear. Like, how do I show up more 
clear so that my client can make that decision if, if this is a good fit for them. Yes. And in fact, the more authentic and open and real and just like you are that you show up to that sales call, the more likely you're going to get a good fit. Now, the point of sales in a sales call is not is not a closing sale, right? The point of a sales call is determine best fit. And that's one of the first things that I really shift and reframe in my sales and marketing course. You know, you are not good at sales because you close more sales. You're good at sales when you close more best fits, right? So I have lots of people that I've had sales calls with over the years that are not good fits and I've turned them away from my program. I don't even offer them anything that I, that is in my program and I encourage my clients to do the same. Don't offer your services if it's a bad fit because then that is unethical marketing right? Then that is unethical sales. That is basically saying, I don't really think you're the best fit, but I'll sell to you anyway. But when we really hold that ethics, when we really say, you know, we are, you know, here just to see if this is a good fit. I only work with good fits. I'm only going to offer this to you if I feel like I can actually help you, right? That really shifts the sales process to to be much more ethical. And so then the whole purpose of a sales call is not, I'm going to close the sale. I'm going to get someone to say yes. It's, I don't know, is it a good fit? Right. Right. And that changes it a lot. Mm, I love that right there because I think it, it's because there's a relationship that starts like, is this mm-hmm. a good fit is the very first piece of information. And it does establish trust when you do acknowledge that. And when you actually refer out or you're saying, I don't actually know if we are the right fit. So I want you to consider these things. And that just builds trust with the person to be like, oh, you're just being careful to make sure that my needs do line up with what you can offer. And, you know, and it's so much of that relationship building and those communication tools and showing up with authenticity that it leads us to feeling good regardless of the outcome. Like somebody might just be like, yep, you know, love what you're offering, but I just can't do it right now. Or you just like, I can't, you know, I need to refer you out because, you know, I'm just not feeling like I can meet all your needs, but it's like, you're going to part that conversation feeling so much better. And if you think about that conversation, then you don't confuse it with marketing because that conversation is a whole different thing that's happening between you and that prospective client than what's happening when you're marketing to them. Yes. And that is the disconnect I really want to talk about too, right? Because the whole point of this myth and busting it and really talking about this today is I really want to encourage everyone to rethink about this in terms of your business will be a lot easier and you will produce more income if you focus on sales over marketing. And so let me give an example of how this works, right? Let's say somebody decides, oh, I'm going to do a bunch of things on TikTok, right? Like I I, I always pick on TikTok, sorry. And, you know, like it's, it's this like everyone sees it. They're like, ooh, people are getting lots of likes. They're getting lots of follows, whatever that is. And so you do something really funny or entertaining or interesting and, you know, you do spend all this time doing TikTok. But the, the chances of that process, first of all, finding clients who are ready to buy from you, right? Clients who are ready to hop on a sales call with you. They, it's like it's, 
it's the whole idea of where are people's attention. So when I'm going through TikTok or when I'm going through Reels, right, my attention is not on finding someone to help me, right, and buying into something that's high-end especially, right? Where are you going to go when you are actually ready and willing to invest money in a service provider, right? And I'll, and I'll focus on service providing in particular today because I think the sales process is much different if you have a product. So if you have a low-end product, if you have a product business, then you're going to focus a lot more on kind of the e-commerce side. Like that's a different sales process. So today, let's really talk about if you're a service provider. So if you're a service provider and, you know, you're out there doing all of these things, you really have to to get more clear about who you're wanting to work with and where are those people actually looking for you? Because I guarantee they're not looking on TikTok or Reels to see if, you know, there's this person that's going to really help me and I'm ready to invest thousands of dollars in them, right? Like that's not where you go. And we we have this disconnect about that because we think that, oh, we'll just get someone to like us and to follow us and then eventually maybe they'll hire us. And sure, maybe, but that's a very long game. And for most people, they really want sales now, right? They, they're they looking for sales in the short term, not like maybe in a year after they build a following, then somebody might convert. And maybe they won't convert because maybe they just followed you because you were funny and they don't really care what your services are, right? <laughs> That could totally be the case. And that's, and and I'm actually, that's where my mind is going to is like, what does that, like the social media presence and, and, you know, having a following, what does that serve? Does it serve the sales process at all? Or it is just really about kind of creating that um, environment, I guess, that you're sort of positioning that you're trying to communicate. Look, Social media, and we talked in the last um, episode I did with a panel, we talked about how you can do a lot of marketing without social media. So social media is just a tool, right? And it's a tool you can use effectively for sales. Some people do. And so, you know, there is that process. But I think, you know, it's really about figuring out what is your specific ideal target market looking for? What is it where they live and where they're looking to for someone they can trust and someone they can invest in? So it's like social media sometimes has those people, right? So you could put out a post saying, hey, I'm offering this. You know, this is what I'm looking for. You know, if you're interested, you know, let me know. You could have people following you that are interested in that and it just happens you hit them on the right day. So like that is possible. But the problem with social media and a lot of the ways we market is their long games. And if someone doesn't know who we are or what we're offering, they're not going to respond to a post like that. So if I put out a post and say, hey, I'm offering a new program. Here's who I'm looking for. Here's what I'm offering. There'll be people who might respond, but they're people who know me, right? They're not people who just randomly saw my post. And so the whole followers game is a really, really long game. And it's the idea is that you're reaching out to cold people and you're warming them up over time. But the problem is there's still a disconnect in most people's mind because they think I need sales and they're out there doing all the processes that might get them sales in six months or a year. And none of that will even come to pass unless you're super, super strategic about what you're doing on social media platforms. 
So let me ask you, Laura, like when someone is looking for a psychotherapist, where are they going to go? Most of the time they don't go to TikTok. (laughs) Um, That's right. They, yeah, I think that people look online. I think they'll do Google search in their area, like therapist in my neighborhood zip code, or they'll go to psychology today, or they'll talk to friends. They'll talk to um, other therapists that maybe they wouldn't work with, but they respect, you know, so there is a lot of word of mouth happening, I believe, Mm -hmm. you know, in yeah, it, looking for a therapist is like, I'm going to trust what somebody, if somebody else says that this person is good. So they're not really likely to just look, you know, randomly through a social media feed for sure. That's right. And so this is how we have to think. And when we do think about this in this way, when we really look at, you know, where are our customers looking for us? Because here's the truth. A best fit client is one who's ready for you. If you have to warm someone up, if you have to convince them, if they don't already, you know, need what you're offering, that is an uphill battle, right? Trying to manipulate someone, trying to convince them or educate them why they need you, that is not a good practice for your business. You're looking for people who already need help. They're already out there searching for you. And so when we do it, when we look at it that way, that's when we focus on sales over marketing. So we say, okay, where are my people right now? They're already looking for me. I don't need to convince them. I don't need to manip- I don't need to show them how great I am in my fun TikTok videos, right? Instead, we can just be like, where are they going? How can I show up for them in those spaces, right? And the truth is, for most businesses, you know, I, I tell my clients that, you know, if you have a high-end service you know, are you doing some kind of really quality service providing that really up until about 120,000 a year, you do not need marketing like at all right now, once you get past 120,000 a year and you start to look at scaling your business, depending on how you scale it, then you do need to focus a little bit more marketing, but to 120,000, right? So if that's you, if you're out there and you aren't at 120,000 a year yet, you know, and of course I'm talking US, so you can compare that in your country, then really you need to be focusing on sales. And so when you have that lens of sales versus that lens of marketing, your choices and your actions are very different. So if I'm looking at, okay, where are my clients, you know, and I'm focused on sales, I'm going to be looking at networking groups. I'm going to be looking at partnering with people. I'm going to be looking at how do I get more referrals? I'm going to be looking at getting the current clients to continue to stay, right? So like, you know, we have this gold mine and clients who've worked for us before, with us before. And instead of like continuing to support them, oftentimes we're like, okay, they're in And okay, we work with them. Okay, let's get someone new in. Let's get someone new in. And so these are all processes and focuses that allow us to look at sales. And they are so much more effective. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually thinking about my other business, um, Women Who (laughs) Co-Work. As I think about, yeah, you know, we have a very large Facebook group and we have a lot of people engaged with us already, but we constantly feel this need to like focus on the, the larger marketing goals and, and, um, being online, being present on social media. But yeah, when you're saying that, it makes me think we would just do well to spend a lot of time 
with sales strategy to everyone that's already shown up instead of trying to keep casting that net and casting that net wider and wider and wider. And I think that there's something there to this psychology that we have that if we just keep casting the the net wider, then we're going to have more sales. Like, let me just cast it wide. It just must be because I haven't gotten the right fish. But it's like, no, like do the people there are, do they know what you do? Do they know how to work with mm-hmm. you? And so I think that's where the marketing versus sales can be really distracting is that just, oh, the only reason we don't have more customers is because we don't have enough people that know about us. But the people that are already there that have signed up for your newsletter or that, you know, show up to a lot of your things, but maybe just haven't converted to a paid, to become a paid client. Do they know how to do that? Do they actually know how to sign up to work with you or that you have a paid service? (laughs) Yes. And so, uh, you know, I would call this like when you're focused more on sales and marketing, I would call that looking at all your low hanging fruit, right? Who are the people right in your vicinity? Who are the people already following you? Who are the people that already love you? And for somehow it just, they haven't connected the dots, right? They've, they're in all your stuff. Maybe they're, they're signed onto your email list. They're following you on socials. They, they comment on things. They reach out to you. And you haven't yet connected the dots for them. Like, in, and this is why that relationship building is so important. And, you know, and here's what I would love for everyone to do listening to this today. Here, I'm going to give you a challenge. I challenge you to go through your business over the last year and really look at where every single client you have came from. Now, even if you think they came from social media, I would encourage you to ask them, reach out to them and say, hey, how did you initially hear about me? I'm really interested. And what made you really want to work with me, right? Do a little bit of digging and research. Because what I find when I have my clients do an audit to really look at where all their previous clients came from, 99% of the time, it came from direct connection, networking, referrals, word of mouth. Rarely... Does it ever come from social media? And even when it does, it's usually because someone told them to follow you, right? Or told them to reach out to you. And so they they were like, okay, cool. I'll get on Instagram and see if they're there. So this is the, the thing that we misunderstand. We're not really very strategic. We're not looking at where do our sales actually come from. And so then we spend all this money on, you know, and time and effort on marketing instead of time with more sales. So you're better off reaching out to every one of your contacts individually, right? So people who've previously been interested in your work, people that used to work with you but don't work with you now, you know, um, people who open up every single one of your emails, right? If you've got an email newsletter, if people are opening up every single one of your emails, you should be reaching out to them to start a conversation. Like, I've noticed that you really, you know, are opening up all these emails. I'd love to just connect with you. Tell me more about you, right? Tell me more about your business. Tell me more about, you know, what what you're interested in. How can I serve you better, right? That kind of thinking really shifts the game versus like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, put out a a new creative message on Instagram or I'm going to like, you know, it's this whole different way of thinking that we have to do. So, you know, my philosophy and the way that I teach sales and marketing is sales over marketing, right? Sales over marketing over and over again, your focus is sales over marketing. And if we can do this, it means tons more ease, 
It means a lot more joy, right? It's fun. When you learn to do sales properly, it's really, really fun. And, you know, it also means you're doing so much less wasted time. There's so much wasted time when you're doing marketing and you don't know what you're doing and it's not producing the sales conversion. Yes. Yeah. And I just want to say that if people are finding themselves being resistant to this uh, information and, and feeling resistant to the sales that's where I encourage them to kind of look at the psychology of that to just ask themselves, you know, what is uncomfortable about putting themselves out there? You know, where is that vulnerability maybe showing up? And and just what can they do to get support around that, you know? And maybe it is joining a network of other women that are doing great sales and just have a place to talk about it, to be able to um, know that it is it can be a little bit scary to put yourself out there to reach out to someone and say, I, I want to talk and I'd love to see how I can help you. But we don't get those yeses, you know, unless we put ourselves out there. And um, I think that hiding behind the marketing is something just to look out for and fear of kind of putting yourself out there or being um, vulnerable. You know, those are sort of the psychological pitfalls that you might want to look for and, you know, find a program like the one that you're offering, Sonia, sounds really great for somebody that might be emotionally kind of um, stuck in, in like reframing what it's like. Get excited. Feel good about reaching out and making your service available and being able to have those sales and um, just, yeah, really have a different relationship to that altogether. Yes. And it is about having a different relationship. And we do have to deal with the mindset that we have around money, right? So like there is this process of really working with and dealing with that mindset. You know, we have bad frameworks with money. We have bad frameworks with sales. Like we all have a history and an experience of people who pressure sailed us, you know, who really um, was unethical in their sales process. So there's a lot that can happen that we have these old frameworks and we don't want to be them. We don't want to do something unethical. We don't want ever anyone to feel like they're pressured. And so instead we go way back, you know, we we hold ourselves back. We hold people back from reaching us. And the world needs us, right? Like we're here for a reason. We have something powerful to deliver and offer. And to do that, we have to get good at sales. And so, yes, I would encourage people that if this is a block for you, find a pathway to ethical sales. I definitely have a really powerful sales and marketing microgroup. And I think, you know, that can be a really powerful process. And there's other people who are doing ethical sales as well. And sometimes it's about dealing with the mindset. Sometimes it's therapy, right? Whatever it is, you want to to get support with this because this is such an important part of your business. And you can't continue to go against your own values. And that's what I see a lot is that, you know, there's a lot of women out there who get taught really unethical sales processes and then they do them and then they feel conflicted. And so they don't make sales because they're conflicted because they're doing something that's misaligned with their values. And so they either stop doing sales or they just continually fight this internal battle. There is truly a way to bring ease to your sales process, to focus on sales, to let go of marketing, to really be able to do something that's ethical for you and aligned with your values. So it is possible. It is doable. And I really recommend it. 
Yes, yes, yes. And I have to say, and if you're working with a therapist just for your, you know, other things in your life, bring that into the therapy room and let the therapist know you're working on it because there's parallels between the way that we show up in our business, the way that we show up in other relationships in our life can be really connected. And so there might, like if you're hiding and you're dimming your light or you're afraid you're of being unethical or there's some kind of emotional resistance that you're having there, it's, it's worth exploring because it might not only be holding you back with sales in your business, it might be holding you back from opportunities in all areas of your life. So I think it's a really important one to, to look into. It absolutely is. I love that. Uh, so I think this is a good place to wrap up for today. I mean, this is obviously a big topic. We do have a few other podcast episodes where Laura and I have kind of talked about sales and marketing. And so those are great to listen to as well. But I think, you know, if anything, if you can just take away from this call that there's a way to use that sales lens ethically and aligned with your values that will create more ease and more sales in your business. <laughs> and you don't need to focus on marketing. What, what's your takeaway, Laura? What, what's one thing that you took away from today? That sales can be fun, that we don't need to be scared of them. And, and it's okay. Just ask questions and get help and really uh, be intentional. I know that I'm going to think a little, a lot more about, you know, the referrals and those connections and even reaching out and, and making a, a connection with someone who's already really engaged with me and my business, but maybe just hasn't um, participated with any of the paid services. And so just reaching out and making sure that that's available. I love that. So good. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. So what did you think of today's episode? If you struggle with sales and marketing and really resonated with her message today, then you will want to check out Worthy Women Collective. This group offers a whole new framework around the practice of sales and marketing. And in fact, in October and usually twice a year, I'm also going to be running another sales and marketing intensive. I do small microgroups of just four to five people. It's pretty amazing. So visit worthywomencollective.com for more info. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We love our listeners. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you next time.